Good morning. Welcome to Sunday. We are uh, well into October. We're just um, nearing the halfway point. Uh, had a beautiful day in Oklahoma. Blue skies, a little bit of breeze out there. It's been summertime again for us. So we've um, keep bouncing back and forth. I, I know everyone's struggling with uh, either the cold bug or the corona bug or the flu bug or the pneumonia bug. Or, oh, my goodness. Pray for our people. Pray for America that, that we get past some of this uh, this sickness, man. It's uh, Ron and I have both been down. Well, I refuse to be tested. We're gonna have to have some more uh, some more complications with me before I'm gonna go let them stick something up in my brain. It's hard, too hard to find as it is. I don't want to mess anything up. But Rhonda's been tested. She she luckily, thankfully, tested negative. Um, which is real good because she has to stay with her, her 90-year-old dad quite a bit. But a lot of our friends over in Missouri that work with us in ministry, uh, many of them are on quarantine, have had positive tests, have been sick. Some are sicker than others. Uh, it's, it's a mess. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's really a mess. It's a, it's a challenge. Uh, it's a challenge for all of us to, to get ourselves through this thing. And we just um, <clears throat> have to just trust God that he's going to, He's going to walk with us through the fire, right? Um, I want to share some things with you this morning that uh, I, I put this message together a while back, and it's actually, um, I'm involved in a lot of um, daily devotionals. I get invited to a lot of them. I hadn't done any in a long time because I just, <clears throat> I kind of got overwhelmed. Um, I used to invite a lot of people and lead a lot of these daily devotionals off the Bible app or whatever on our phones. and. I, I kind of laid back on some of that because I know everyone's busy and and there and there's a lot of people doing that right now and, and I love them. Uh, don't get me wrong. Keep inviting me. I'll, I'll I'll click in from time to time. But one of the ones that I had gotten involved with several weeks ago, uh, man, as I started reading the, <laughs> the daily Devo, when we got to the end where it has the comment section, I, I wrote in the comments. I may have to preach that because it just the, the power of that one daily devotional was so good uh, and it struck me so strongly that I thought you know I'm going to have to personalize that a little bit and, and share it with others it was actually out of uh, I don't remember the name of the, the Devo at the moment but it was a Mark Batterson uh, Mark Batterson's a great dude does a lot of good writings and but the, the title of that day's Devo was what God wants us to hear the most. What God wants us to hear the most. Now, we hear a lot of stuff today. I mean, my goodness, everybody's got an opinion. Um, you, you've got stuff coming from the left, stuff coming from the right, stuff coming from the middle. Some of it's coming up from underneath. <laughs> there, there's just a lot of stuff that we hear today. But, but when you really boil it down, what is it that God wants us to hear? I mean, there's a, when you really sit down and think about that, what does God want me to hear in the midst of this chaos that's around me every day? Well, let me share some things with you this morning. What does God want us to hear the most? That you're not a mistake. You aren't the mistakes that you've made. You aren't, you're, you're not the labels that have been put on you. Anybody ever had a label put on them? Yeah, I'm guilty. And you aren't the lies that the enemy has tried to sell you. Many of us buy into the lie that we're not worthy or we're not good enough or uh, we're done. We're washed up. 
uh, our time has already passed. You know, th- those are lies because we're not done until we stand in front of God. We're not we're not done here until He says we're done here. So don't buy into those lies. And you are who God says you are. Who does He say you are? I mean, often we hear the phrase, "Who do we think He is?" Or, or we hear his question, who do you say that I am? And that's a biblical context. Who do you say that I am? God asking that of us. But have you ever thought, who does he say you are? This is where we want to go today. One, you are a child of God. You are the apple of God's eye. You're sought after. You are more than a conqueror. You're a new creation in Christ. And you are the righteousness of Christ. All our identity issues are fundamental misunderstandings of who God is. When we when we come up with our own identification, uh, these these identity issues that we have, they're they're all misunderstandings of who God really is. Guilt issues. If you have a guilt complex, it's a misunderstanding of God's grace. Control issue. If if you're a controlling or you have control issues, it's a misunderstanding of God's sovereignty. If you have anger issues, well, if anger controls you, if anger is a struggle for you, you have a misunderstanding of God's mercy. Pride issues are a misunderstanding of God's greatness. Trust issues are a misunderstanding of God's goodness. If you struggle with any of those issues, it's time to let God be the loudest voice in your life. You're, you're listening to too many other things. There's too much other. There's too much other garbage coming in, and you need to allow God to be the strong voice in your mind. God doesn't love you because of who who we are. He, he doesn't love us because of who we are. God loves us because of who He is. When, when we succeed, God says, "I love you." When we fail, God says, "I love you." When we have faith, God says, I love you. But when we doubt, God says, I love you. Love is his answer to everything. Why is that? Because he is love. There is nothing you can do to make him love you more or love you less. And man, I really want you to catch that. I know some of you have maybe heard that before. Maybe it's been in another message. But there is nothing you can do that will make him love you more or it'll make him love you less. See, it doesn't matter how far away or how close we get. God's love remains the same. He created us for a relationship with him. That, that, that he, he loves us that much. That, that he wants that closeness, that, that bond that only someone in relationship can have. And there's nothing you can do to destroy that. And there's nothing you can do to make it any greater. You, you're not going to be a favorite, if you will. But you're also not going to be an outcast. Not in God's love. He, he loves you unconditionally. There, there's nothing you can do to change that. Listen, listen to this account. This is spoken by Paul himself. Um, this is of his encounter with God that changed him forever. So keep in mind, when God spoke to him, his name was Saul. He was on a road to Damascus. He was he was a persecutor of Christians. He, he was killing Christian people. He was killing Christ's followers. That, that was his mission. He was a government agent. He was he was he had a commission to go and chase out all these 
what they were calling these these Christians who were following God that they shouldn't have been. They wanted them to follow the law. So here's Saul doing his job, and and, and he's you have to yeah I have to get a picture of Saul that that he had a self righteousness about him. Um, I, I really do believe that. I, I think Saul had this this arrogance, if you will, because he was carrying the government's grant. He he had he had the government's blessing on him, and he was going around. He was snuffing out Christians. He was, he was putting them in prison. He was arresting them, and if necessary, he was killing them to shut their voice up, to, to where they quit talking about these things. And here he is on the road to Damascus, and, and he's rocking along. He's riding his donkey, whatever. And, and you, some of you know the account. If you don't, you need to get in and, and find the, the, the story of Saul on the road to Damascus because this blinding light shines, and, and it just stops everybody. And then this booming voice out of nowhere says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, now everybody around him heard the thunder. They saw the blinding light. All of the guys that were with him, all of his servants, everybody that was there with him, his whole entourage, but it was only Saul who, who heard the voice of God speak directly to him. And it blinded him. And his story goes on to where they take him into town. And and, and um, God speaks to, to another named Ananias. And he tells Ananias, I want you to go to this street called Straight. <laughs> I always find that funny. Go to a street called Straight. And there you're going to find this man, Saul. And he's blinded. I've blinded him. And you're going to need to go and tell him of the gospel. You're going to need to go and lead him to me. Ananias was a little scared of that. He's like, dude, you, you you do know that this is the guy that's killing us? This is the guy that's chasing us down? So he had this fear, but God tells him, he said, you, you've got to go. I've got need of this guy. Now, this is something that's so cool. Here's someone who is so against the things of God, but God created him. God, God called him by name. God created him. And he said, I have need of him. He's got a purpose. I have a plan for him. I had a plan for him since I formed him in his mother's womb. I set him apart. It's time. His time is now, and I have need of him. You need to go and tell him these things. So, and, and if you get to Acts verse 22, um, or Acts chapter 22, I'm sorry, verse 14 and 15, it says, Paul, who is Saul, is explaining what happened to him and what is being spoken to him so that he can go and become the man of God he's being called to be. So in, in Acts 22, Saul is describing the, these things. Saul is explaining why it is that he is who he is today. But in, in verse 14 of, of Acts chapter 22, it said, Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will, and see the just one, and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. It's Ananias speaking to, to, to Paul. And, and literally, Paul comes away from this with a name change. He was Saul. Now he's Paul. God loves you perfectly. Sin separates us from him. He, he doesn't stop his love for us. Just because we have sin in our lives does not stop the love factor that God has going for us. He still loves us. He doesn't love our sin. He hates our sin. But he loves us. I know there's a big mantra about that today. People always argue about this sin. They always point out the sin. And the fact of the matter is, is God still loves the sinner. He, he loves his creation. He doesn't maybe love what his creation has become, but he loves his creation. And all it takes is a simple, Lord, forgive me. 
and that bond becomes unique once again. I'm losing myself here. But sin separates us from him. It doesn't stop us or stop his love for us, but it separates us from his power, from his protection, his blessing, and his reward. Sin sin blocks all of that. Yeah, you know, I've often hear people who I know are not followers of Christ. Um, not that I cast judgment on them. It's just that their lifestyle reflects that they really aren't a follower of Christ. And you hear someone like that say, I'll pray for you. Pray to who? Because according to God's word, when I have sin in my life, when, when, when I'm living in, in rebellion to God, he doesn't hear any prayer from me. Anything I request of him falls on deaf ears. The, the, only, the only prayer that God hears from a sinner is one of, of, of repentance. It's that it's that repentant voice that God begins to hear. And as you repent, then God's ears are tuned to you once again. His love's never left. But now he'll hear you, and, and then things are going to be well when you come back to him. Uh, where are we at here? But he still loves us. He calls us out. Uh, and calls us to come to him and surrender and be washed clean so that he can again hold us close in his loving embrace. God loves you perfectly. And he loves you eternally. God wants us to, to hear what he's saying and, and, and what we must hear his voice and do what he says. But much more than that, he wants us to hear his heart. There, there's a song, it's one of my favorites, and I, I, I always, I'm not good with song titles and remembering who they are or what they are. But there's a song where it, where it talks about um, lean back against me and breathe, feel my heartbeat. That, that, that's such a powerful, it, when I when I vision that, I, you know, it's talking about drinking from the cup in his hand, which I've preached upon that, that cup that God carried in, in his hand and the cup that Jesus carried was was literally the cup that he, he spoke of in the in the garden of Gethsemane. You know, Lord, if this cup could but pass from me, that, that cup of, of crucifixion, that cup of, of giving everything, of dying, dying for the sins of, of others and and that's you know that but but that depiction lay back against me and breathe can, can you imagine just close your eyes with me for a minute can you imagine sitting just just in the lap of god and, and you're leaning back against his chest and, and and you you can hear that breath of god and you can feel his heartbeat holy smokes that's what he desires of us, that we become so close. He, his word is, is mandatory. We, we must have his word, but he desires for us to hear his heart, his heart of love for each one of us. So he whispers softer and softer so that we have to get closer and closer. And when we finally get close enough, he wraps us in his arms and he tells us that he loves us. Oh, my gosh. You know, I've I have um, in in my career, with all the things that I've done with critical instant, with with juvenile detention, um, I have walked with people through some of the most difficult times of their life. I, I have stood by with parents who've watched their child take their last breath on a breathing machine in a hospital. I, I have held the hand of a of a, a, a husband or a wife as their as their spouse took their last breath on this earth. I have stood in the room with that. I've, I've, I've been with others who have lost someone in the midst of crisis. I, I have walked with guys who have 
nearly committed suicide and, and ended their life. I've, I, I have dealt with suicide. I have dealt with pain. I have dealt with loss. I've been there, but you know the coolest thing in the world is when you're in the midst of that crisis and you recognize when God hugs somebody, when he just wraps them in their arms and that that wash of peace just flows over them. It, it may be an emotional outlet, but God has got them in an embrace that only he can do. That's what he desires with us. He desires to embrace you in such a way that only you know who it is. And gets me kind of choked up. So he whispers. He wants to be close and wrap us in his love. And, and we've, been, we've been deafened by the voice of conformity, the, the voice of criticism, the, the voice of condemnation, if you will. And, and, and the side effects include loneliness and shame and anxiety. But, but the good news is, is you not only bear God's image, but you know his voice you'll hear it and you'll recognize his voice doesn't matter how far you've gotten from him you'll hear that voice and you'll know who it is it's his voice that knit you together in your mother's womb it's his voice that ordained all your days before even one of them came to be it's his voice that began a good work and his voice that will carry it to completion where is God leading you how is God talking to you if you can't hear his voice, maybe you should get closer to him. Consider spending a little more time in his word on a regular basis. I love we we watched um, God's Not Dead two last night. I'd, I'd seen one the other day finally, and, and I, I think I mentioned some of it in my last message. And God's Not Dead two we played last night, and 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 one of the phrases that she said in there, she's talking to her dad. This is one of the characters, her elderly dad. And, and she's referencing the fact that, you know, God, there was a time, Dad, there was a time when, when I spoke to God and I could, I could feel him, I could hear him, I could hear him speak back to me, but I can't hear him now. It's, it's like I can't, I can't find him, I can't hear him. And, and she, this, this character in this movie, she's a school teacher, and she's um, being charged with using her faith in her classroom. But, but so here she is, a school teacher, and, and so her dad uses something that, that speaks directly to her that she would understand he said is not the teacher always silent during the test I mean I don't know how many tests you've taken I never was very good at them but I had to take a pile of them the teacher's not talking during a test it's quiet think about that for a minute how many tests have you gone through that you felt like God abandoned you that maybe you felt like he left you hanging Maybe you should have considered the fact that the teacher is always silent during the test. The test is up to us. We have to take everything we've been taught, everything that we've been schooled in, everything that we've learned to this point, and then we have to apply it to that test that we're faced with. There'll be an outcome, and he'll be right there with us through that test, watching us, encouraging us with his mind. But he's usually silent in the midst of those tests. Consider that I'll throw that in for free. We close with this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and then 9 to 11. Paul's writing from prison here in, in Philippians. But verse 6 is being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. 
the, the fact of the matter that God has, has begun a good work in you. When when you reach that point of surrender, when you when you reach this point in your life where you realize, God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I, I can't handle life anymore. This this is it's crushing me. I can't find you. I can't hear you. No one thing. He loves you. God created you in love and passion for a relationship with you, and that's never going to change. He's always going to be standing there with his arms open wide. One of my favorite biblical stories is the prodigal son. Man, I love that story because it speaks volumes to me. You know, how many times that we we just decide, hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm checking out. I'm going to go do life on my own. I don't, I don't need you guys anymore. I don't need my family. I don't need my parents. Maybe, maybe you didn't have much of a family. My family didn't have any money. We weren't rich. We, we were rich in love. We had a, we had a great tight-knit family. But, but we, you know, we didn't have everything we ever wanted. I never had everything I wanted. I, work, I had to work for things. But have you ever taken into consideration that moment when you thought, Psh, man, I can do this on my own. I'm done here. The minute I turn 18, I'm out the door. I ain't looking back. And many of us done just that. We hit that 18 mark and we're out the door and we ain't looking back. But then we find ourselves in the world trash canned. We hit a wall. Things didn't go the way we wanted to. We're broke. We're destitute. We don't have anything to show for anything. But now we're embarrassed. We can't go home because, man, Dad, you know Dad. He, he's going to stand there and arms crossed his chest and told you so. You know, so we can't do that. We're not going to go back home. But here's the story of the prodigal son. This kid, this kid's from a family of wealth, and he had an inheritance. He he was going to inherit part of this farm, part of this heritage that his dad had built. And you know, they had other siblings, but there was going to be an inheritance. And this kid decides, hey, you know what, Dad? I I really don't want this life. How about you just cash me out now? Get give me my cut of this inheritance. I'm just going to go live my life my way. So his dad, very, and I have to believe he was very sorrowful, did just that. He wrote him a check, gave him cash, whatever it was. And he patted his son on the back and he told him good luck. You know that kid, we see the story written right there in the Word. He squanders all his money, parties, has a great time. Got, got friends, man, till the money run out. And now all his friends are gone. Dad doesn't have anybody. He, he doesn't have any money left. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't even have a job. He winds up slopping pigs for a living. And he wound up, the Bible describes that he was eating the very things the pigs were eating just to survive. And then, and then the light bulb finally comes on. And he says, you know what? My dad's servants live better than this. I'm, I'm just going to go home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat the crow. I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to become one of one of my dad's lowliest of servants, and I'll live better than I am today. And the, the Bible describes he begins his journey home, and 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 he talks about it. And I have to listen. You know, my mind goes in pictures, so I have to. I envision this Texas ranch. Texas, you know, everything's bigger in Texas, right? So I envision, except the score yesterday in the OU game, that wasn't bigger in Texas yesterday. I had to throw that in. There, I envision this Texas ranch. And, you know, it, the ranch, the house is way back here. But there's this long gravel lane, this little driveway that wanders off through the pasture, 
all the way to the ranch house. It's way back there. You got to come through this big gate, right? Well, I envision this kid coming down this old dirt road. He's weary. He smells like hogs. His clothes are, are filthy. He's filthy. And here he goes down this dirt lane. Now, you got to imagine he's thinking, man, my dad's going to do that. I told you so business. I'm going to have to just take it. I can't live like this anymore. And he travels down this lane. And as he's going down the lane, lo and behold, there's dad standing at the kitchen window. You know, you got to envision that, right? He's standing over the sink, looking out that kitchen window down that long lane. And he sees his son. He's been looking for a long time. And he sees his son and he gets so excited. He runs out of the house and he begins running down this lane towards his son. And now here's here's the boy coming down the lane going, oh man, oh, he's going to eat me alive. He's going to tell me I told you so. He's going to tell me what a loser I am. He's just going to trash can me, but I, I'm just going to have to take it. Just got to take it. And here comes dad just running as hard as he can down the lane. And he gets to this pig stinking boy who's covered in filth and he doesn't even slow down he just grabs him in his arms and he hugs him close and he cries because his son's come home no no I told you so's there wasn't no you failed all there was was love for a son who had gone and had come home the, the Bible goes on to describe where he, he he takes his own cloak, his 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 own, and that that coat, that 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 covering that he wore, gave recognition to who he was. It was, this wasn't just some old Carhartt coat out of the closet. Now this this coat recognized him as as the man of that ranch, the man of that house, the man. It, it showed his sovereignty, and he takes that coat and he puts it around his filthy son, and he takes the ring off his hand. That that ring had a symbolic. Uh, significance to it that 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 had a marking on it that, that was family. It was it was like this is who we are, and he placed that ring on his son's hand because he belonged there. He was one of us, and that love never changed, even though that kid went and squandered everything he had. He didn't have anything left. All of his inheritance he's blown up, and he comes back, and his dad welcomes him by matter of fact he threw a party. He said, kill the fatted calf, man. My son, who was dead, is now alive. So that's how God sees us. We wander off into the darkness. We, we go our own way. We do our own thing. We crash and we burn most every time. Some of us more than once. <laughs> I've been there. I've done this more than once. I find my way back to the Lord. In the midst of the darkness, he, he sees me. And I listen for that voice and he calls me out of that darkness back into his light. And he holds me close. He tells me how much he loves me. And he pulls me back into his fold. That's what he's asking of you today. Listen for the voice of God. It's there. Paul goes on in, chat, in verse 9 of, of Philippians chapter 1. This is Paul. He says, he said, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives 
until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation and, and the righteousness character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. That's what he's looking for in us. And I pray the same over you today, that, that you'll understand what really matters. See, what really matters in this world today is, is who we are in him, who he says we are. We're his. We belong to him. How, how long are, are you going to live in shame? How long are you going to live in darkness? How long are you going to hide from him? You belong to him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. All it takes is surrender. That, that simple thing of God. <laughs> I've blown it. I'm not where I should be. And I'm not who I know I should be. God, I ask you to forgive me. Just that simple phrasing. God's love floods back in. Those gates will be blown wide open. And his arms are standing there open wide. Saying, come. Come back to me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. I'll give you blessing beyond your imagination. You, you may still struggle in life, You may, st but let me tell you, I've not made it anywhere yet. I still fight sometimes to survive. I still fight for who I am. But I'm telling you, I know where I'm going, and I know he's leading me there. And I want to encourage you today, quit being stubborn. This is not the time. Our, our time here on this earth is drawing short. I, I believe it. I feel it. I know it. This is our time. This is our time to serve him better than we've ever served him before. This is our time to let our voice string loud and clear across us. He's shot it from the rooftops of who he is in us and who we are in him. I'm going to bring this to a close, man. I, I know that I'm, I'm going on. I could go on forever right here. I just I just want you to know how much he loves you. I, if he can love me, holy cow, he can love you. And I've, I've walked that ignorant path. I've been down some dumb roads. And he's always stood at the end waiting for me to come back. Every time. And it's been more than once. I encourage you today to find your way back to the Lord. And, and if you're serving him, surrender even more. Open your heart up to him and God, let him, let him just overflow in you so that it affects everyone around you. That, that's the key element, that, that we affect everyone that we come in contact with. That's what we're doing with this virus bug, right? Well, how about we do it with this God bug? How about we infect everyone that we come near? How about we become infectious with who we are in him? Let that one spread across this world. I love you guys. God bless you. Check out the website, the podcast. You know where we're at. Thank you for your support. I know that many of you have given so sacrificially for us, and we so appreciate it. Love you to death. We're continuing on with our support of everything that we do. Um, God hasn't stopped working. <laughs> He's not going to. It doesn't matter what happens in this election. God's not going to stop doing what he's doing. We're just going to have to keep pressing forward and moving on towards him. Get your eyes set on Jesus. Get your ear tuned to that voice and follow him the rest of the days of your life. Amen. God bless you. 
any questions, any comments at all, feel free. Send me a message. Connect with us on our, on our website, Facebook, wherever it is. But stay in touch with us. Love you guys. Praying for you. Have a great Sunday.